Everybody, thank you for coming back to listen to part two of our intervention episode. Uh, this episode specifically is the follow-up to part one about Susan, who was the premiere episode of Intervention season twenty-two um, that premiered on March fifteenth. Uh, so very recently, there are two episodes out now, um, but this one is like still so bizarre i've watched it so many times and it's still i'm still drawn in so this may be my current favorite episode um and i still have a lot to talk about because it was a two-parter and that is why it is a two-part episode so uh without further ado i'm gonna go on and say here is susan part two thank you for listening please subscribe if you haven't please 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 go on and give us a rating and a review preferably a nice one. Um, a couple of you have done so and anybody who has in the past or at any point, please DM me and I will send you free merch uh, if you want that. And I, it helps me so much. You have no idea and it costs you nothing. But if you do want to spend money, you can go to my Patreon at patreon.com slash A-W-D-W-L. Anyways, that's enough shop talk. On to the show. Dawn does isolate herself in her bedroom, uh, particularly on her bed and in her closet. I mean, that was a sort of a gradual thing as the years went by, which, you know, concerned me, worried me. (sighs) My closet is the room where I feel safe. Kind of as a refuge for me. The walls sort of envelop me in safety. (laughs) I had not ever felt like I measured up in Chuck's eyes. So I hoped that meth would give me the energy to be the perfect mother and wife. I know every Mormon out there would tell you we should not use drugs. I know the Heavenly Father will forgive me. And I feel like he's forgiven me from day to day, but I'm really working on it. Shaking it like that kind of makes it coat the glass real thinly. I don't know why, but I just like it when it's real thin. I guess it melts faster. On a scale of one to 10, the urgency of having this intervention is definitely a 10. I hope I'm not letting any escape. Don is killing Susan, but also killing herself. She's bringing them both to the grave. Alrighty, so we, I just replayed the clip um, that you ended on in the previous episode, just to kind of refresh our memories. We were at a point where, you know, a lot of bullshit has been exposed. <laughs> there are so many gotchas, so many moments where they're like, and this is happening, and this is happening, and did you know she spends time in her closet? Um, it's just, just like, nothing compared to everything else but it's just an indicator of how absurd things have gotten and also it's a testament to um the mom's mental state i mean she's hiding in her closet she's paranoid she's upset she's afraid she you she genuinely seems afraid and and bereft when she's talking about heavenly father i mean we know she's mentally ill we know that she has these disorders that she's not treating. And I, there is no shame in having a mental illness or disorder. I have plenty. <laughs> I have OCD. I have PTSD. I have body dysmorphia. I'm in recovery from bulimia nervosa. I, <laughs> you count, you go ahead and count them. So I'm not sh- shaming anyone. The thing is that she's not, you know, she's not treating her illnesses effectively or safely or in a way that is excusable, frankly. Um, And so we go from that madness to 
some more in-depth background for Susan because it's really important to know like how bottomed out Susan is. So I am going to play this clip. It's a bit of a surprisey thing. I don't think I've mentioned it yet, so I haven't spoiled this surprise yet, but um, you may have seen it coming because um, you all are smart. So let us go ahead and play the next clip about Susan talking about herself and what kind of led her to this point. Because of my addiction, I've lost a lot of time, health, teeth, and most importantly, time with my son. Sorry to cut in. They let us know here when Susan was 24 years old, she had a baby with her long-term boyfriend, Ryan. I prayed for a baby over and over, and now she had one. <laughs> Having my son was such a, like, a joy. I, <laughs> sorry. I found out that while I was working overnight shifts, my boyfriend was cheating on me. After I kicked Ryan out, I started a pattern of using every day. I decided to let my son's father take full custody because I didn't feel Jonah was safe with someone who was actively using drugs. I'm going over to Paula's house. She is my son's paternal grandmother. Okay, so she's going over. She's not going to see her son. Um, she just goes to see Paula, the, I guess, her ex-boyfriend's mother. But essentially, we learn that, um, you know, she lost custody so quickly because she, she went down, you know, just a landslide of from going from these pain pills to using these pain pills way too much and then just turn into heroin. Like she said, she Googled heroin and it was being sold as, or she went on the black internet or whatever. I don't the, the dark net. I don't know, I guess. Dark web. The black internet. Sorry, it's probably a totally different thing. Um, so she went on the dark web and bought, bought the heroin that they were marketing as black roofing tar. And you know, it just was in, she was in the shits from then on. You know, we heard about her living in her car for nine months. Um, and I honestly, I don't know if it was pride or laziness or whatever, but at the end of the day, it is good that she didn't fight for custody because she's right. She shouldn't have it. Um, and this is what, you know, there's a line, I think, between parents that are in denial to the point that they're like, I should have my kid. I still know what's best for my kid, you know, even though they know what they're doing and they know how it's affecting their kid. And those that may be struggling and it may be really hard to be away from their child, but they can at least acknowledge that their child is better when they are not, frankly, even seeing their addict parent because the addict parent is causing more pain by being sporadic, by being sick, by being under the influence, by being an addict around their child. Like you're not even yourself when you're on these kind of drugs. Your child shouldn't even, should never have to be witness to that or to the, the shit that happens around addiction. Like, you know, abuse and being beaten up and using, you know, selling your body or hurting your body or panhandling on the streets for money when you know you could have a job but you just choose drugs i mean i'm not just I, i'm sorry i'm going through a personal situation and i won't make it too specific but i have a friend that is um currently not sober but has been in the past um coming out of a separation they chose to be with somebody who is not just a user but um pretty awful person very abusive um and this was heartbreaking when it happened and it was heartbreaking when she said she was gonna leave and go to recovery after what had happened which was horrific and then it was the most heartbreaking 
when I found out she was back with him, which means also back doing drugs, and wanted my support in this. And I said, I'm, I, I cannot be in your life if you're doing this. And it was such a fucking intervention moment, you guys. It didn't even feel real. I was shaking. I could not believe it. And this is not somebody that I live close to, but it, but it is my best friend. And I haven't seen her in a year because usually I'd visit, but duh, COVID. And the last time I saw her, our plans were that we were all going to figure out her divorce and help protect her daughter from her, her ex. But now the ex is the one that's being a parent and she's not. And it breaks my heart because that's not who she is. So I've been going through it. <laughs> it's really, really heartbreaking. Um, but I it just helps me, I guess, relate more to this show on different levels um, anyway, <laughs> okay, tangent, um, sorry, I'll, I can do a Patreon episode on that, but, um, yeah, it's really bringing me down, and I'm gonna move on so I don't cry, so Paula hasn't seen Susan in a long time, naturally, um, I don't know why she would, Susan, you know, she's saying Susan, when she sees her son, it's really sporadic, you know, maybe once every seven months, I think. Um, and then she, of course, remarks upon how they're in Vegas. It's over 100 degrees. And Susan comes into the house wearing a sweater. And you know why. She's covering her arms. And they have kind of a frank conversation about, like, how long it's been since they've seen each other and how long she's been addicted. So I'm going to play this is not a very long clip, but I'm going to play it just because Susan, it's a little moment where we get to see Susan speaking for herself instead of all this madness of her family trying to speak for her and just muddle everything with their own garbage. So here we go. A couple hours. Hey. Hi, oh, it's so good to see you. It's 110 degrees in Las Vegas right now. And Susan entered my house wearing a sweater which was a clear indicator that she was trying to hide her arms from me. And that just really struck me and made me sad. How's Jonah been doing? You know, he's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he's just amazing. I can't believe he's almost seven. Right? That's how long I've been addicted. Mm -hmm. See, I'm not even clear as to when you started using. Heroin, I didn't start till I was 29. Was this when you and Ryan were still together? No. Okay. And when we split up, I didn't have anyone to hold me accountable, and I didn't have Jonah for three days a week when I was working, so that's when I started using every single day. Mm -hmm. Like, I would have never saw you go down that road. I know, and I... Like, I kept it a secret, like, from everyone. I'm just ready for you to do something about it, sweetie. I know, it's so hard. It's so hard, but I can't not be with Jonah anymore. Like, I can't live with myself not being his mom, you know? You've got time. He'll look back on this and he won't know. All he tells me is that mommy is sick and she has to give herself shots. Oh my God, Jesus, that's so sad. I know. <sighs> Every moment that is spent away from my son is torture and he is my number one motivation to be clean and I can't wait for that day. Oh, it's so good to see you. It's not going to be easy for her. Susan needs to escape the home that she's living in right now, get herself into treatment, get herself into sober living, and never look back. So naturally, Paula's correct. Um, that's just a really sad scene all around. I, I really feel for Susan. I don't hate her at all. I think she just has no sense of self-worth, and she's stuck, and her family is a fucking nightmare and she tried really hard to get away but she's also a victim and she had a lot of trauma from growing up there um and she didn't get treatment for it and she coped the way she, the only way she knew how and that was drugs and it's really really upsetting that that happens so easily especially in america it's like well, no, no therapy for you, but if you hurt your back, I'll give you some drugs, and then you can deal with that problem when that's the only thing that makes your life feel like it's worth living, <laughs> honestly. Um, so we know how the urgency of getting her son back. We know 
She's essentially stuck, stuck in this drug den and the people that should be trying to get her sober are providing the drugs. And that's very confusing and bad. And that's why, you know, the brother and sister are so, and brother-in-law are so critical to this intervention. Whew, sorry. Um, this one, like, even, like I said, even though I've watched it a million times. Um, another thing too, that I just want to point out is um, there's a wild thing that happens next and I'm just going to have to play the audio. But, um, sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> My bad. But we, we, whenever we see flashback pictures of Susan that aren't that long ago, it's not just that she looks like bedraggled or she looks older, but she doesn't look like the same person. It's like the light is gone from her eyes. It's really sad. It's really, really sad. I, it, ugh, anyway, so what happens next is like, we thought things were crazy as fucking enough. And now there's another crazy, like, conspiracy theory hap thing happening. Like, basically, producer comes up to Ken and he's like, um, you need to see this because basically we're, we think they know it's an intervention, but it's, like, twisted. So, yeah, I'm going to play some audio for you and then we'll discuss. Hey, Ken. How's it going? We have a new development from the house that could jeopardize the intervention tomorrow. Really? Earlier today, we heard on a hot mic that Susan and her mom are aware of who we are and that there is an intervention coming. I want to play the audio for you and let you let us know how to proceed. All right. What? Pretending not to know. Exactly. Susan freaked out about this whole thing in the first place, this whole intervention. She freaked out. No, I'm not going to be on the show. What are you talking about? So that's the first clip I wanted to play for you, where mom admits who we are. What we're hearing here does concern me, heading towards an intervention that they will get nervous, either run or the last hurrah. Yeah, and that's when they overdose and die. I also believe that dad has been having open conversations with them about who we are. Dad signed a, he got a notarized, he signed something that said that while I'm at treatment, he's not gonna sell the house. He won't kick, you, he won't kick you or Julie out. This is insane. And it sounds like they've been lying to us all along. How do you feel you want to proceed with this? I mean, we should just pull the plug. Okay, so obviously this is nuts. It's not just that, like, someone spilled the beads or something. Like, you know, we see this happen. It. I watch every episode. I'd say that I've seen, like, six episodes where this happened. Maybe more. I don't know. But it's not every time. But it happens. And they're not supposed to know because it's a safety security. Thing because even if they know and even if they said that they were going to do it, there's always a risk because they know the intervention's coming. So they might choose not to do it. So then they bolt and that makes them unsafe, or they choose to overdo their drug of choice the night before and accidentally kill themselves. So, what it seems like to me is Dawn and Sandra cooked this up because they planned to go to treatment like they had the idea that they needed to go to treatment maybe or maybe the dad did or maybe that was a deal they made with the dad somehow it, it's very convoluted so i can't speak to that um but somewhere along the line someone represented the idea dawn is is speaking as though she's speaking to daniel in the recording daniel is the a brother um who isn't planning to go to uh, to an intervention or to rehab and um but don's talking about how it's hard keeping it a secret that they know and that sandra didn't want to do intervention at first and but i guess she had to to persuade her so i guess don's the mastermind behind this not totally sure what her her goal was i don't know if she always planned to go to treatment or if she just thought she'd get the glory for going to treatment i mean she has you know, she has borderline personality disorder and she's on meth and heroin. So God knows what she's thinking. Um, but so she and Susan are in on it. The whole family's in on it. Siblings don't want to be a part of it, though. Um, the druggy siblings, I mean, sorry, the addicted siblings. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Scratch that from your memories. Um, the, the, the siblings that live in the house. I'll just put it that way. Um, that are that are addicted to substances Whew. okay so and the second thing is it's unproven 
okay? Because there's no proof that the father, as awful as he is, there's no proof that he told them it was intervention or that he was in on it the whole time because they all always knew. Um, all they know is, all we know is that Don said, when I go to treatment, I made him sign something for when I go to treatment that he won't sell the house. But as the dad points out, he, they could have made that deal about treatment without it being about intervention. So I honestly don't know if he knew that they were behind this. <laughs> He's not involved with them. He doesn't talk to them. He's very hapless and confused and and just stalwart in his ways. So I have to play the confrontation between him and Ken, though, because it's astounding the amount of denial he's in so it's frustrating i know but you kind of get to have to hear it and this is the pre-intervention so it's an important part so basically to set up um everybody's mad because uh, uh yeah susan's brother who has been you know participating in the intervention thus far couldn't make it to the pre-intervention and they're all annoyed and then um Ken said it's this could seriously jeopardize things and the dad goes oh really and he's like well I could have had him here in a minute you should have asked me and he's like really cocky and it like turns it, it it makes this whole like showdown happen which is great all right here we go I could have been on the phone trying to get him over here you guys didn't do your homework you should have talked to me <laughs> are you kidding me no I'm not kidding you I'm trying to come in here and save your daughter and wife's life what? and and you're gonna say that to me so then let's start being honest. Why don't you tell me everything that's been going on? What happened? Dawn didn't realize she had the mic on. And she said, don't worry, when I go to treatment, dad notarized a statement that he will not kick you or your sister out of the house when I'm into treatment. Yes or no? Were you informed that you are not to tell your daughter and your wife that this is an intervention? Right. Yes. Um, yes or no? Yes. Yes. Okay. Right. And did you talk to them about that? No, I no. did not. Why would you notarize something to not kick out your other kids while she was in treatment and give that to her? Because we have been talking treatment for 10 months. Whether it's this treatment or the other treatment that we've been talking about. You're lying people, to me. Can you please get uh, I am not lying to you. I'm trying to help you. I'm telling and you, can't, you Okay, do you want to know another thing that you weren't completely honest with yesterday? What's that? Why did you move out of your house? Why did I move out of my house? Uh, because uh, the family situation was, uh, was such that it was, it was, it was, well, why I moved out or why I stayed moving out. So, you know, it depends on what... All, my, it's very simple. Why uh -huh. did you move out of your house? Uh, I moved out of my house, and by the definition of moving out of the house is... Um, it's very I had simple. my possessions, and I, um, I didn't return to the house as I could have. I did It ceased to be a residence for me because of the family situation. Is that Chuck, there, I'm because trying of the to help you. There, the addicts Chuck, there, I'm it was trying to help you. for me to actually be there. Chuck, they, you moved that's out the truth. because Dan, Don called the police on you. I called the police on them. But this is the part that's that, the truth. that he didn't tell me. But Well, you didn't ask me the right question. Why, why should I go into that information? Are you kidding me? What? Are you kidding me? Chuck, I'm trying to help you. But I then, can't help you if you can't Soften be... it up, Ken. Soften it up. I mean, wow, regardless of anything, what an odious human. Um, he's he's impossible to talk to because he's like a little child. No, no. Well, you didn't ask the right questions. Well, I never lied. I just said this. Like, it's just like, shut up, you know, focus. And anyway, he explains why it's so dangerous that they know. Um, and then Dawn and her mom have an interesting conversation about like their relationship kind of 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 drug their drug based relationship she's like were you surprised when i started smoking it instead of shooting it she when she goes no i i understood cuz your arms and da, da 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 it's just like a weird conversation about drugs that is held in a way as though they are talking about like cleaning products <laughs> Or something like, were you surprised I switched to a Swiffer? Like, it, it's it's odd the way they talk about it casually. And um, 
what's his name is Don or whatever that guy's name is, is there the, the hanger on or, um, is there, <laughs> as I forgot his name and I'm not going to look it up. Uh, okay. And so then we have to have that conversation about boundaries. Okay. If they choose not to go or not boundaries, sorry, bottom lines. And then they're like, okay, if they choose not to get treatment, you know, what are you going to do? What, um, how are you going to prepare to like give them their bottom lines? And they kind of are saying, you know, well, we've talked to a lawyer and, and we can get the rights, you know, we can affect, we can keep her from having her son basically. Um, and then Ken's just telling the family, you know, you have a lot of control here. And the t he's telling the dad specifically, you have so much control because you pay for everything. You can maybe stop paying for things, but the dad, of course, is reluctant. So let's listen to how fun that is. You're the only one who can do this. I can't do it. I would do it. This be civil. You know, you're talking over me. Why don't you want to let them fall? I, I'm fine with letting them fall. In fact, I have let them fall multiple times. So I'm just gonna say this. You have done everything that you could do, maybe even to the detriment. It is time to stop. When I heard that the family told Dawn and Susan about the intervention, that is as bad as enabling gets. Things have to change. Chuck is the beginning of that change. And if he's not open to doing that, there's no way that they're gonna be able to heal. The real intervention is on you. Because if you change your ways, you will help them get better. I understand what you're saying. It's the end of the road of what I have been doing and time to go uh, another road. So Chuck's natural response is, right, is to come back at you with a little bluster. But at the end of the day, he's pretty humble yeah, about it, right? Yeah, you're doing great. But Dawn does not have that humbleness. She's very self-righteous and arrogant, and I don't know how this is going to work. As they're saying that, Dawn is sitting there smoking a bowl, like... And there's just birds going in the background and she looks all pissed. It's it's pretty ominous. So, yeah, um, they're talking about how the dad, you know, at the end of the day, he's pretty humble. I, I wouldn't call it being humble. I would call it at the end of the day, the day he has to be right. So if he sees himself losing an argument, he's going to take your argument and make it sound like it was his idea. Well, I hear what you're saying. Sounds like. It's the end of the road of what I've been doing and there's going to be a new road. It's like, yeah, no shit. We've been saying that forever. Like, what's the matter with you? So now he's going to take it like he understands it, like it was his idea. And, you know, he's that's how he can believe he's saving the day in his mind. I think that's my opinion. Um, then we get this whole sob thing from Dawn. It's like, I'm not even going to play it. It's so annoying. She's like... I feel like this, I, I'm lonely and I really need this and Heavenly Father and blah, blah, blah. And she tries to act all like heavenly and Mormon and stuff. And it's just like, honey, no, you're beyond that. Pardon me. Okay, so then it gets to back to the pre-intervention and we get some information about, uh, you know, who's going to be offered help like of the entire group? You know, now we have all these people in the house. If they don't get better, you know, the, all the other the other two addicts in the house and the mom. Our goal is to get Dawn from the addiction into recovery. But I don't know how you do this without getting every single person in that house help. So we're going to offer everyone treatment at some level. Originally, I came here to do an intervention on Susan. Now we know everyone in that house of horrors is addicted to something. So now we're gonna do an intervention on Susan's mom and then offer Susan's siblings, Daniel and Julie, treatment as well. Because if we don't clean this up and they come home to the same den, nobody's gonna stay healthy. I think it's important to do Dawn's intervention before Susan's because Dawn is the one that makes it possible for everyone in this house to stay in their addiction. Yeah, no kidding. Ugh. 
Good way to go, Ken. So they do follow through with this. Um, they they do Don's intervention. Well, first they talk to the dad about, he's saying, I, you know, he's like, what are you going to do basically when Don starts acting up and, uh, and it starts fighting you the way she always does. And you always back down dad, like, what's your recourse for that? And he doesn't really have an answer yet. And, but as far as bottom lines, um, sorry, I skipped too far ahead in my notes. <laughs> um, so in, as far as bottom lines go, like I said, this sister has hers down. Um, and the sister, the brother-in-law clearly has his down, but Chuck is kind of like, well, I'll stop paying utilities, stop paying for your groceries. Excuse me. And then he says, he'll pay the minimum on the credit card. So they will be maxed out and they can't use them. And Ken seems approving of this. Um, and then we get George's input about like what I just said, that he's worried that Dawn is going to be able to sway, um, her husband into giving him whatever he wants. So now we're at the actual intervention. Um, first comes Dawn, then comes Susan. I don't, it's very clear in the car that Susan knows that she's, I mean, sorry, that Dawn knows she's going to an intervention, but she thinks she's nobody knows <laughs> and it's kind of like funny to watch her realize like to act so i will play a little bit of hers but i don't i, I don't think it lasts very long so i don't remember it lasting very long and susan's still at the house but we all know that she knows what's going on as well because we heard the tapes i wish that i didn't care i don't know how to not care I've gotten the two-minute warning, so I don't have to prepare okay. for Don's arrival. You want to get it? Surprise. Well, Nathan, hello. Hi. Give me a hug. Love you, sir. I love you, too. It's good to see you. Oh, wait a minute. I go. Hey, Tom. Hello. hello. How are you? Kevin? Ken. Ken. Nice to meet you. Can I sit by you? Yeah, I'm really glad you're here, Mom. You sit by me, too, Nathan. I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad that you're willing to hear out your family. Because you know that there's nothing but love and respect for you. So, Nathan, you want to start? I'm writing you this letter today because... <laughs> because I am witnessing her slow death. I, I left that in there, and then really her acting comes in. Her, like, glee, kind of, to be getting this attention is really showing while, you know, her son and her daughter talk to her and she's like, the way I want to be with you. When they're like, I wish you were a real mom. You know, she's acting like she's very angelic and whatever, at least she's calm, right? She's not throwing a fit yet. Um, but just wait, guys, she's got a plan. Um, but before she uh, does that, she wants to soak up this intervention and, and pretend that she's into it for a little bit longer. And that's when Ken is like, okay, Chuck, you know, do you want to read your letter to your wife? And she's like, can I sit by him? Like, she's, I'm so cute. So I'll play it from here and then you'll hear her bullshit excuse for trying to get out of there. And then it's like about her eye doctor. And then you'll see how like frantic she gets when they don't allow it. And then, spoiler alert, Susan tells us at one point that, um, you know, she had that excuse in her back pocket. That's what she told Susan. I'm just going to do that. And then they won't make, I won't really have to go. So I think she just wanted this whole event, this whole spectacle and the attention, but never intended to go. That's pretty much the way I, the way I see it. So I'm going to play a little bit of her intervention, but not all of it, because I basically just explained everything. <laughs> and then we'll move on to Susan. Want to read your letter, Chuck? Can I sit by him? 
So I'm writing this letter to let you know how much I love you. I do have some memories of you that ever since have brought me sadness. One was when you locked me in your bedroom and cried out falsely that I was attacking you. You know why I did that? I, I do, I do. You, you told me. Another memory is when you snatched my phone from in front of me. I didn't snatch it. But this is his perception. Okay. So please get help at New Roads. Here we go. Sounds like a deal. Okay. That was Is good. that a yes? That's a yes. Oh, gosh. Now that Dawn has said yes, we have to help Susan get into treatment by doing her intervention, and we need Dawn's support in doing that. We'll introduce you to Inger Lisa, your nurse. She's going to take you to Utah. This, oh, I'm a 2 o'clock eye appointment. I have to go to that. I have to go to that. Nathan, would you please take me home? Susan won't be back here. You'll be back here in plenty of time. I have to be here for Susie. You will be. See, she's at home. She just started smoking. It takes her a half hour. Okay. But I also have to stand strong with you. This is, this oh. is, you, you still get to get treatment this in Utah. This is what, do you think I'm, for the do eye. you think I ever would try to put off treatment? That is not what this is. I don't know. I don't this know what is. Dad's told you. I know he hasn't. Told I remember me the day when you said to this me something exactly about this is exactly what we were afraid of. You said this something about this is exactly what we were afraid of. I, uh, I'm, I'm gonna. Call you know what? You don't know yeah, what I've been through. through. You're okay. Will anyone here give me a ride home or not? I just. I'm gonna stop it right there. It just gets worse. <laughs> um, it's very pathetic and irritating. She's so entitled. She's like, "Okay, you'll take me now, and it'll be fine, and no one will care." And I will throw a fit, and everybody will listen to my fit. And this time, finally, at least for a time, they've gotten everybody to not react to the fit. And George, the uh, her son-in-law, is like, you don't get it. You really don't. Um, and then they're fighting. She's like, they're like, Mom, choose life. She's like, I choose my eye. And it's like, oh, you're this really is a weak excuse and it's so obvious it's like you might as well just say i don't want to go but you know dawn is a manipulator and she wouldn't say the truth she'd rather you know die lying i guess um and then this thing happens where they have her phone turned off but then it gets turned back on again so it doesn't seem to help with anything <laughs> frankly um, it just sort of drags things down. She calls the son at home and is like, come pick me up. And, and then he doesn't. And then she starts screaming at Ken and her son. It's just a huge mess. And she leaves. And then she's like, well, I've missed my appointment. How dare you? Um, and then we cut to Susan, who's on her way to treatment. So uh, let's leave Dawn's insanity behind us for a minute <laughs> and focus on Susan. So now that Dawn has left, we gotta focus on changing gears and saving Susan's life. She needs the help just as bad. Susan's about two minutes out. Susan is pulling up if you want somebody to greet her at the door. Okay. Susan. Oh, hi, Jessica. So happy to see you. Oh, it's good to see you, too. What, what are you doing, doing here? Hey. Oh, hi. Hey, Susan. Hi. It's all guys. Why don't you come over here and sit down right there okay. next to Nathan? How you doing? Good, how are you? I'm Susan. Susan, I'm Ken. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I know you know what it is, right? We all know you knew, so um, we're really? really... Yeah. Oh, okay. But we still want you to hear how much you're loved and how bad they really want you to take this and run with it and do everything in your power to fight for your life because you deserve it. Susan. I'm here today because I love you too much to let you miss out on your life. When I think about how you lost your job that you worked so hard for, I feel such a sense of loss. When I hear that your son doesn't get to see you every day, I mourn for him. Please get help today. I love you. So sorry. I know. I love you. I loved you then. I love you now. I love you tomorrow. Susan, 
I love you and care about your health and your well-being. We have some fond memories of being together when Jonah and you visited. The very special love you have for each other surrounded you two like an aura of a big heart. We used to spend so much time together. I love you. And I desperately want to save our relationship. Please get help today. I love you. I love you. You're special to me. Thank you for, for loving me enough to come here today. I love you guys so much. I love my family. I don't want to miss out anymore. I miss you guys so much. The place that we have lined up for you, Cottonwood, Tucson, and it's in Arizona. Would you go get help in Cottonwood? Yes, I will. Very good, excellent. Give her a hug. Yes. Give her a hug. Let's do it again. So yay, this is really good news. And and I, not to spoiler alert myself, but don't worry, she does not back out. <laughs> she is not anything like her mom. Her mom thinks they're a team, but really Susan was so low and didn't have a mom, a real mom to turn to. She had this very, very ill woman who was eager to enable her so that she could have her to herself. So it's really beautiful to see this moment. And even Chuck, like, seems genuinely like in the moment which is nice because because you don't see that from him a lot um he's he's genuinely pleased and relieved and i mean it's just nice to see that he cares so then we go back to this nonsense with dawn and it's like first she said yes and then she said no and then she said yes again if then that the other thing and so they do a tactic that is typical in intervention. They ask Susan, who has just agreed to go, to go talk to her mom and try to convince her to go as well, to go to treatment. So here's a little bit of that. She would be in danger of trying to kill herself if she doesn't go because she will regret this yes, much. Yes, she will regret it. So you want to get in the car and yeah. let's go ask her. Yeah. Dan, is Daniel at the house? Oh, no, I'm going to pick her up. Oh, don't pick her up. Why? Well, I want to talk to her first. I already got the key to Daisy. Stan, don't pick her up. Please. Ah, that's right. Stan. This <laughs> is his name. Not Ron or Don or whatever I called him. Fucking st Why does Stan care about this? Anyway, basically, they go to the house. They do this whole thing. They offer everyone treatment, including Stan. Stan is like, nah, at first, but then he eventually changes his mind. Um, same with Daniel, uh, um, Susan's brother. They go to the house and he actually is on camera a little bit, but um, I believe he's blurred out. And then he, he says, look, I, I want to go to treatment as well. So that's exciting. Um, so that's like two people that decide to go, at least initially, in um, in addition to Susan. But that still leaves Susan's mom, Dawn, completely rejecting the offer. And finally, Susan catches up to her and they have this exchange and Dawn is so weirdly calm and fake that I have to play it. Okay, let me talk to her first. Hey, mom. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Dad, shut off my phone and let me bake out her letter. Mom, I'm you know that it's not about the eye appointment. We talked this morning, and you were still going to go to rehab over the eye appointment. And you were going to let that go. It's not about the eye appointment. I don't have to start from scratch. I have to go to the regular eye doctor first. I don't have to start from scratch this way. But you understand that I want you to go, too. <laughs> I know. I want to go, too. I wanted to go. I would have liked to go to that place. <laughs> what if I said no? Would you be following me? I would be all about saving your eye and then sending you to the But my arms are, my arms will still hurt in rehab, but I'm willing to deal with that. I'm not talking that. about my eye hurting. I'm talking about losing my sight, Susan, for the rest of my life. Stan's on his way to come get her. So let's go to the house and let's change the locks. Okay. We have to rush over to the family home before Dawn does, because if she gets back into that house and locks us out and locks herself into that bedroom, we're not gonna have access to her or Daniel and Julie. 
So it's all a giant mess. <laughs> um, it's really sad. Stan shows up. This is before they offer him treatment. Stan shows up, drives up. He's like, oh, I'll take her. I'm just going to take her. And there, she's like, Stan, what the fuck? Like, why are you siding with my mom? You don't even know her. Of course, it, you know, she's his only link to drugs, I guess. But he's like, no. And she's like, Stan, give me the keys. And so, like, he gets out of the car and they offer him treatment. And at this point, he says, no. And then she runs over to Chuck. I'm sorry. Dawn runs over to Chuck and starts screaming at him that he just wants to win. And it's all about winning. She's just a nutcase. Um, but after that, dust settles meaning they let Don walk away and they just say, okay, let's get Susan on the road. After that dust settles, they go, okay, now we need to go to the house and we need to take, like, literally take all the doors off, get to the siblings before uh, Don can walk home or get a bus home or whatever and find all the quote-unquote meds, like get the stash and get rid of it. And so the sister goes in the room she's gathering all this fucking heroin like remnants you know the the tinfoil piece pieces and like paraphernalia and i suppose actual drugs i don't know how much could have been stored there i would have thought they'd have done a lot pretty much all of it if they'd known that they were having an intervention of course then again dawn thinked out so she probably had some there so they take everything they can find clear it out and then you just see dawn like she's like walking her way towards the house little by little so ken decides um since he has his producers following her while she's on the side of the road popping pills <laughs> because she also has a ton of like oxys and whatever other pills you know like her sister like her daughter said they call her the pharmacy and all those are being confiscated at the house but ken has decided he wants to meet up with her wherever she is and try to talk some sense into her. How you doing, Dawn? Are you okay? Everybody just wants to help you and help your family. This is like winning the lottery. Everybody's going to treatment today. So let's go to Utah. Why don't you go to Utah? Because he pulled that with the phone. That's why. If he He's turns back on the phone, will that will you go? I already turned it all back on. It's in, it's in my name too. Okay. Okay. Hang on. Oh, I gotta go. Where are you going? Oh, she's got somebody coming. Whose car is that? Everybody, go. Susan is on her way to treatment, but Dawn has taken off, and we have no idea if we're going to see or hear from her again today. So Dawn's pathological liar, while she's saying, I'm going to treatment, she then bolts up and runs to a getaway vehicle and just takes off. So fuck knows where Dawn's going in her Jeep, right? I mean, <laughs> first time I was watching this, I was like, I don't care. Oh, she should just disappear. That would be really beneficial for literally everybody else in her family even her fucking husband is better than her in my opinion i i can't stand on but anyway after that we get some uh we do get what i mentioned before the update that stan <laughs> i keep forgetting his name stan has decided to accept treatment because he got a brain cell and they and then they do the scene where they they go talk to daniel who's just been so hopeless for so long and he's like i want treatment please yes please help me so he d he agrees to go as well and then we see susan and she's made it to cottonwood um the place in i think tucson that she is going for treatment and she seems so calm and peaceful and she's like tired but she's like i'm excited like honestly i'm excited to be here and it's you can tell how genuine it is and she just seems like she's so relaxed just knowing that she's gonna get help which is honestly the state you should be in to, at rehab not everybody is but that's the ideal state because then you'll really commit and you'll do your homework and you'll do the work because you're already you already know that it's the right place for you and you're already motivated enough to feel relief when you know you're in a state where you're going to get better at least i'm speaking for myself 
it was such a relief to get treatment. I was so happy to be in. I didn't, I wasn't afraid to talk about my bulimia because I was just so glad that it was going to finally be behind me at some point. I was like, okay, I, if I, I finally got to a point after years, trust me, where I was like, I just need to find the right treatment center and I just need to follow what they do, what they tell me. And I, I was never inpatient. I'm very lucky for that. But regardless, I just, you know, I was at a point where I was very ready to follow every piece of advice I was given because it was better than being a bulimic. And I would learn on my own what worked for me, you know, and I did, you know, and it's going to be four years this year. Wait, four, yeah, four years in August, I will have been rehabilitated. I just had a dream that I had to start over again, you guys. I forgot about that. How strange. I wonder if it was triggered by watching Intervention, but I had this dream where they were like, all right, you know, this is day one again, but at least you're not bulimic anymore. It was strange. Um, anyway, that doesn't work like that with eating disorders. I don't have like a chip or anything, but yeah, four years. Um, yay. Anyway, so Susan is happy and her counselors, you know, they give you that little like Susan seems da 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 thing that they always do as a kind of an initial assessment. And everybody says, you know, she seems really ready to be here. And she does. I, I, I agree with that statement. Um, then, of course, we have to go check in with the madness that is Dawn. And so far, the only update is that Dawn has contacted her daughter, Julie, who is the other daughter that lives in the home that suffers from alcoholism. So they're like, Julie, what's up? And she's like, oh, she wanted me to back her car out of the driveway or something. And they're like, well, while we have you here, Julie, we want to offer you treatment. And she's like, I'm fine, thanks. I don't need anything. I don't need therapy. I'm totally fine. So unfortunately, they get a no from her, but they tried. Um, honestly, I don't they're saying that all these people need to be sober for Susan to stay sober. But I think once Susan's sober, she's not, she has as much of a chance as anybody else. She would only be back in that house if she relapsed elsewhere. You know what I mean? It, I don't think Susan's going to pursue a relationship with these people <laughs> if they're still using. I don't think that she's, she would ever come back to this house under those, any circumstances. She won't have to. She'll get sober living elsewhere. You know what I mean? she's yeah so it's a shame but some families are so dysfunctional that the people in them can only be successful through distance and that's clearly what the two sober siblings have done you know they've separated themselves enough and they're doing it more so now i guess they should have separated themselves more but but they're doing it now so so that's the update on julie um as for dawn Could you please speak with Ken? We're in our 12th hour of the intervention, and it doesn't seem like Dawn is going to accept treatment. She says she has three minutes. Like, she can speak with you over my phone, okay? Okay. All right, cool. Hello, Dawn. Hey, Ken. I just have to let you know first. Okay. I don't appreciate the way you spoke to me today. You were very stern, and I didn't like that because I did nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. I don't want okay, you to lose... Okay, my rage is killing me, so listen. I'm not going with you. I am okay. not going, especially after Chuck has told this. Okay. I'm not going. That... I knew there would be an intervention. I was happy about it. Mm -hmm. So happy. Oh, boy. Well, I, I just okay. want I just yeah. want to be clear with you. Back. Can I speak now? You can speak. You got thirty seconds. Okay. Go ahead. I don't want you to lose this opportunity, okay? I'm going home. If you want to go in the morning, I could change my flight. I can't go in the Okay. Okay, so you're willing to give up this amazing opportunity. You betcha. Okay, I, that's that's all I needed from you. I just that's all I needed. Now I'll get on my flight in the morning, and everybody will respect your decision. But... Okay. And that's all she wrote, folks. Can you imagine living with somebody like that? It's a nightmare. I can't imagine fighting for this woman, to be honest with you. It would be so hard. I, she's very, very hard 
to have any sympathy for because I, I don't know. I mean, I do when it comes to the abuse, but I don't think any of that is an excuse and I did not mean to rhyme there. So anyway, <laughs> suffice it to say, Dawn was a flop, but I'm not, it's not shocking that that happened. It's just an unbelievable <laughs> sequences sequence of events it's just so over like incredibly dramatic um so anyway from here we we get to do our wrap up with susan and good news you guys susan did it oh my god my bad you guys i forgot to mention i thought this came after um but yeah before we see susan killing it um we see that Dawn, 10 days after all of this bullshit, decided she was going to go to rehab. And I'm not even going to play her clip of her being like, I'm ready, and nah, 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 and, nah, and trying to make herself sound like she's, you know, a mature person capable of making decisions. Like, she had this all in control the whole time, and everybody else was crazy. It's like, nah, I, I don't need to hear you. I don't need to play you saying that. <laughs> That's fine. But, um, but yes, she, for a time she decides and agrees to go to rehab. More on that later. I've been sober for 85 days. I feel amazing. I've changed so much that I feel like a completely different person. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Good. <laughs> so wizard's ready for you. Okay, great. I'm not in any pain. I have a ton of energy. I don't see through like the same lens that I was seeing through back then. Susie has done remarkably well overall in treatment. She took off like a rocket and she has done recovery like at a master's level. Pretty remarkable to work with. Yeah, <laughs> you think? <laughs> so sweet. A couple weeks ago, Jonah was able to come visit me here at Cottonwood, and I've been able to talk to my son every day. Feels great to be a mom again. Just being able to let him know that I'm here now and I'm not going anywhere, that meant a lot to me. Hey, how's my girl? I feel great. How are you? I'm good. I haven't spoken to my mom since that day in the desert. I've been pretty nervous about it. How are your arms? They're healed. You want to see uh, them? Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. That is wonderful, Susie. Thanks. Susie, I'm not glad that we did drugs together, but I'm glad for the time we had together. I really am. That yeah. was precious. I'm not sure if I would have made it through if you didn't come to stay with me. But you really did come save me, Susie. I thank you for that. I'm doing pretty well emotionally. I am, most, most of the time. I think there's a lot of work to be done. I think Dawn has a willingness to stay clean and sober, but I think Don really needs to continue to work on individual therapy um, in the Las Vegas area. I hope we can still be close. Yeah. You know, I think for both of us, um, we can talk later and talk about like some boundaries. Like what? What do you mean? I mean, I know what boundaries are, but. <sighs> I did not hear a difference in my mom. She sounds like maybe she's not taking in all the therapy that she's receiving. We better go, but I'll talk to you soon. I love you so much, sweetheart. I love you too. Have a good day. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Bye. So, yeah, I just let that play out because it's really presented and edited so well. I mean, you can... I can see and I'm sure you can hear that Susan has really put her all into this. She is doing really well and she's beyond where she was before in a way that's so much more significant than 
simply not using, you know, emotionally matured, socially matured, just all the things, <laughs> intellectually matured. Um, and of course, healed inside and out. And her arms, though they have healed, they look, it looks like she had third degree burns all over her arms where those, you know, rotted parts were because that's kind of the, I mean, it's sort of the same thing. It wasn't burned by fire, but it was eroded. And so it's all really shiny scar tissue, but good for her that she, I mean, even being so close to God knows what, she came back and she seems like she is very um, committed. And it's just really sad because even before she says she sees no change in her mom, um, it's like I saw no change in her mom. You, if you see it, her facial expressions are the same. If you, you know, hearing her, you know that what she says is like in is so um, full of denial. Like I still treasure the time we had together. You saved me, as though she's doing well when she hasn't. You know, she's not. Um, and then being like boundaries, what do you mean boundaries? Like it's, ugh, it's really upsetting, but Susan is very aware that she needs to move on from her mom. And, and that's why she's, you know, she's remaining in the area in the Arizona area. So Dan and Stan completed treatment and are currently in sober living. And Julie still lives in the family home and Dawn successfully completed treatment, but returned to Las Vegas two weeks later and relapsed. And she and Chuck are still together and they don't respond to anybody for that reaches out. <laughs> um, and as far as Susan goes, you know, she cut off, she cut off Dawn as, which is good. And she has regular contact with her son. So, um, yeah, that was a wild episode. Um, I'm sorry it was so clip heavy. It's just, it is a not so episode i there was so much going on but they could not have let left any of it out you know it's just this real example of real life example of some shakespearean shit you know like if it were a movie it might be like there's a lot of subplots going on here but there really were and all these different endings and what i like most about it is susan i just find her endearing and i'm i just can't imagine being her and and living growing up in that home and then ending up you know with an addiction an abuse and a substance abuse 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 issue and then you know feeling like you you can finally come out of it and then ending up living with your parents your mother that mother um and being it's so low that your arms are rotting away and then somehow turning it around like just on a dime like this is it today this is it she really did and that is admirable and i hope she stays clean and i feel for her i really do and i hope the best for her and i'm just like i hope the best for the friend that i mentioned so yeah i guess that's why this one speaks to me too she kind of reminds me of my friend in some ways wouldn't say because of her drug at all just uh some personality attributes and you know it's hard not to think about people that you miss so all right well on that sad depressing note thank you everybody for listening i i couldn't be grateful enough it's um it's almost been a year i think since no gosh it hasn't it's, it's been a year you know what it has been it's been a year since i had the idea that maybe I could have a podcast and it took a while but after I got to guest on Liz explains it all twice <laughs> I was like okay I gotta do this and the fact that y'all are out there listening that I have an audience is fantastic the fact that I have patrons patrons that's unbelievable and the fact that you know you reach out and interact with me and follow me on Instagram and and are you know interested in in telling me what you want to hear about it it makes me so happy it makes me feel like I have this like happy safe community where I can be myself absolutely and I can create and there aren't 
you know, negative consequences so much as support and fun and so many friends that I would never have had because you're all over the world. And I mean friends. I've made friends that I think I'll have for like my whole life thanks to this podcast. So fuck, I mean, thank you all. God knows what the anniversary is, but it's been, it's been, it's quite a few. We're in season three now and I'm just, I'm really happy and mushy gushy right now. So thank you all for listening. I love you from the bottom of my heart and have a great morning, afternoon or night or whatever you're doing. I love you. Let's keep learning. I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Call me when it's over because I'm dying inside. Wake me when the shakes are gone. And the cold sweats disappear Call me when it's over and myself has reappeared I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know why I do it every, every, every time It's only when I'm lonely Sometimes I just wanna cave and I don't wanna fight I try and I try and I try and I try and I try Just hold me, I'm lonely Wanna cave and I don't wanna fight. I try and I try and I try and I try and I try. Just hold me. I'm lonely. Mama, I'm so sorry. I'm not sober anymore. And Daddy, please forgive me for the drink spilled on the floor. To the ones who never left me. We've been down this road before. I'm so sorry. It wasn't my intention, I'm sorry to myself.